Hey, it's really nice to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you. Thanks for having me. You know, I've been listening to your music for the last, I don't know, four years or something like that. And uh, we've played you a lot at 88.5 KCSN. And uh, we're big fans, so it's great to have the opportunity to chat with you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I figure I'd start off by, you know, I don't, I don't want to be too obvious, but you're in quarantine. We're all in quarantine. What have you been doing? Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of stuff like this, which is fun. It makes me feel like I have a real job and I get to meet people, which is I think a singular experience to me, you know, um, in my life. But other than that, I've just been trying to stay sane and trying to write a little bit, listening to a lot more music. I feel like I forgot about music. I was just listening to podcasts for like years. So it's been nice to rediscover. I was reading something um, about you a little before this. I actually did some prep, and uh, which is unusual for me. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> And what I, what I, what was most interesting, I think, was you said something in an interview, I think it was with Vogue, that was kind of something that I feel, feel myself because of the nature of my work, um, in so much as I spend a lot of time at home anyway. And uh, I'm fortunate that I live with my partner, so I'm not bored. But life didn't really change that much for us. You know, we're already sort of at home hustling and trying to figure out how to, you know, create and make things. Um, has your life really changed that much? I mean, obviously, you've been prepping, releasing an album, but from the point of view of just your everyday, day-to-day, how do you go about your life? As far as being home in my life, it's not that different, but the difference is my, the two sides of my life are I'm either home really hard all at once, don't leave, don't see anybody, And then I tour and then it's the opposite where I'm not home for months. And so that being completely taken away is wild because I would be, I would be deeply on tour. Glastonbury was going to be this weekend. So my life has changed more than it ever, I ever could have imagined. So it's it's like you had two parts of your life and now it's just one. Mm -hmm. Yep. How do you feel about not being able to play out right now? It's horrible. It's horrible. But I think if if I felt personally attacked by it, um, that'd be worse. Like if it was just me, if I just had a tour get canceled for some reason or the world decided that I was a horrible person and I didn't <laughs> have a fan base anymore, it, I feel uh, there is just kind of a community of people who are having a, the same exact experience as me, you know? Fiona Apple just put out a record. Um, you know, all my musician friends can kind of commiserate with me on a, on a similar level, which is nice. What What's the weirdest thing you've done in... In, in quarantine. What's the weirdest thing you bought online? Uh, weirdest thing I've bought online? Hmm. A treadmill. <laughs> I bought a treadmill. Uh, and it's come really in handy because it just got to the point where those first couple weeks, I think people in LA thought it was a vacation that was happening. Now that's kind of happening again. But um, it was just no masks. Every hiking trail was just inundated with people. Um, and I was like, that's not smart. I have to stay in my house and uh, learn how to like the treadmill. And now I love it, but um, I got a notification on my phone the other day. And it's half of it is interviews, half of it is talking to my friends all day and trying to stay connected. But I got a notification that my screen time is up to seven hours a day on my cell phone. I get so, it. 
So like there's, it's such a big difference with going outside and walking than there is answering emails, you know, on the treadmill for two hours, just walking at a really slow pace. So, (laughs) uh, so yeah, my life has changed in that way where I used to walk around the city for just hours at a time. And now I don't really do that anymore. Right. Right. And obviously you discovered zoom probably the same time as everybody else in the world. Oh yeah. I, I mean, my learning how to use the internet and engineer myself it was a very public learning experience because I had, I did some Instagram lives and I couldn't get the microphone to work or the internet was really bad and I had to get new, a new internet router. I think if quarantine started today, I'd be genius at it. But (laughs) at the beginning there was a big learning curve. Yeah. I think everybody was trying to figure out, especially with the live broadcast when everybody at the beginning, you know, whether they're DJs, artists trying to figure out how can I just reach out to to my people? Cause I feel stuck at home. And then, I mean, I've been around my partner trying to figure it out and setting up, you know, phones and trying to figure out how to actually, uh, it's it's a nightmare, but once you've got it down and you hit, you you can hit the road running with it now, I guess. Um, Yeah. yeah. But um, the songs on, on Punisher, um, I haven't heard the whole album. I've heard a couple of songs that we've, we've been playing. Um, But I will tell you that I was talking to a a mutual friend a little earlier on, Tony Berg. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the best <laughs> who who I've known for a long long time and he produced both both of your records and um he was saying that um uh you have a very powerful attorney apparently who's based out of Starbucks is that, is that right? <laughs> oh my voicemail <laughs> yes I do have a very powerful attor- attorney Christian Los Globos which is Christian Lee Hudson um, uh, his like attorney, his drunk attorney persona does my voicemail and it's, uh, endlessly embarrassing when people I've never met before call me, but it's amazing to make people, especially if someone's mad at me, it's amazing to make people kind of suffer through my voicemail. Me <laughs> right. voicemail. The, the reason I bring up Tony, obviously, is you, you've worked with him on, uh, on these two albums and, um, What's the what's the studio process like like for you, and and how did it change in between the first and second album? I think it changed because I didn't fight anybody's ideas on the first album. Well, one, I was like convinced I wanted to make a four track record, and I didn't need a producer. And then I met Tony, and he was like, "Well, we're going to put drums and stuff on your records." I was like, "No way! There's no way I'm going to let you do that." Um, and then, and then I had so much fun being forced to kind of change my perspective that I, uh, let everybody kind of put their ideas in and follow them through. And I think we had way more fun because of that. I think we're a lot more comfortable with each other too. What did you take into the process then second time around, apart from being open to ideas? What about song wise? How did your songwriting shift? I mean, I, I, I honestly think it just got better. I think I was really stressed first time around. I thought every time I finish a song, I feel like I'm like, oh, that was my last one. It'll never happen again. Um, so this round, I realized every new song is my new favorite, which is great. Um, and I just kind of got used to writing. But yeah, it was, a, it was hard to make the first record. I remember playing this song for Tony, he really didn't like it. And I was like, well, oh no, well, that was my last good idea. I guess, you know, (laughs) 
I guess we're done here. And then it was getting kind of late and there was this kind of awkward, like, do you want dinner in my, it was when his studio was still at his house and we were talking and I was like, I guess I have this one other idea that I've never even played all the way through. And I played it for him and it's the first song on, on my first album. Um, Cause he was like, what, like, how were you hiding this from me? I just, I had my priorities all out of whack where I didn't know really what my good songs were. Um, and I think this round, I just, I, I think they're just better. You know, I relate to them more because they're more recent. What's the songwriting process like for you? I mean, what, what comes first? Is it, a, is it a melody? Is it a lyric? How, how, how do you write? It can be both. I feel like melody is where it really starts, but then I'll kind of go through my notes on my phone where I have just random, basically like really emo tweets in my <laughs> app. Uh, and, uh, and I'll try to throw as many of them in as possible. Um, but yeah, my favorite feeling is when I've written a bunch of lyrics like that and just started a melody and it seems like I've written a song in like a half hour, but it's not true. I've been working on it forever. Just didn't realize it was all the same thing. Are the songs on, on this album more observational or more personal? Definitely personal. I think it's hard for me to, uh, I, I think both. Like, I think I'm, I am the observer and I'm deeply uh, affecting the storyline with my opinions the whole time, but it is kind of just me watching things happening. Um, yeah, like I, I, I don't typically do a lot of character study or try to pretend to be somebody else. So how have you changed in the last three years? Um, I think for the most part, just getting comfortable with myself, with a style, liking my own music, knowing what it sounds like, getting comfortable on tour. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel so much more comfortable. Like the, the first album ended in tears. We all got in a huge fight. And this album, we just, we were, it took so long. It took like a year. I was on and off tour and there were many, Tony has a lot of ridiculous videos of me like jumping up and down while we were recording out of excitement. We didn't get in one fight. Uh, so, so yeah, I just think we're, we're all more comfortable with each other and I'm more comfortable. You know, when you were writing these songs, I was just thinking about what you said first time around when he was like, no, I want to hear drums on this or, you know, additional instrumentation. Um, and I know him, I know he'll throw the kitchen sink at it to find what, what works. I'm interested to know if when you were writing these songs, if you were hearing drums or if you were hearing other instruments. No, I, I was, when I was writing this record, definitely. I, I, I went into it saying, I'm yeah, so excited to hear, yeah, I'm so excited to hear what Tony throws at this. But, but yeah, I had a lot more production ideas. Like the last song on the record is this kind of giant metal song. Um, definitely heard that when I was writing it. Uh, the first song on the record has my tour manager, Rune, on it. I thought his, he's a, you know, giant Dutchman, and I thought his voice would sound really cool. So I kind of took what Tony was so good at expressing and showing me with the first record and kind of used it through my own brain. Like, oh, I can just have weird ideas and do it, and if it doesn't work, whatever. It's not embarrassing. It's just... Yeah, the craziest ideas to me when they work are the most interesting. 
So two things to follow up on that. First of all, I heard you might be thinking of producing him doing a solo record. Is that right? Tony Berg? No. You're, you're, <laughs> you're the giant Dutchman. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. Although, yeah, now they have to have a project together for sure. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, <laughs> and then secondly, you know, um, when, you're, uh, when you're in the studio and, and songs, I guess, fill out a little bit, right? You know, you start to add things to them. Um, you can't do this right now because you can't tour, but when you take them on the road, do they change? Do they evolve? Do they mutate even more? I think they do. I think they're the most different uh, right in the first couple shows um, as we're all getting used to playing them. And then, like, I did a Pitchfork live at Brooklyn Steel when I was on tour with my band Boy Genius where I played a solo set. And I when I hear it, I'm like, oh, that's just the record. Like, we did such a good job of learning it, but it was such a slow process. Like, it took two years of playing it to just come back around on itself and be exactly like the record. But I love making new versions of songs, too. There's a song on the record. The second to last song is called Graceland, too, and we have kind of a Tom Petty version of it that I'm excited to play. What do you mean a Tom Petty version of it? It's just literally, I mean, uh, my favorite thing about working with Tony and Ethan is that I can say, make it Tom Petty, and they just do. So, you know, he, he'll hand me a specific guitar and... Just puts put, a vibe on it. Put a flannel shirt on the drums and say, all right, now it's Tom Petty. <laughs> the other thing that I was going to ask, following up on when you were talking about Garden Song, um, was listening to you talking about that, and it struck me that perhaps one of the things you've learned is to trust yourself to trust that, you know, you can throw something out and not judge it. Definitely. Yeah, I think uh, the least space between having the idea and doing the idea, the better. And I think I did a lot of apologizing for my ideas um, in the beginning. Actually, what was striking about, I sang on the last 1975 record, and there, it's not even two different thoughts. It's not even, I have an idea. It's like, check this out. And then it's the, it's the wild, weird lyric. Um, and that's, that's where I'm trying to get. I feel like I still have a little bit of space between saying nobody's going to like that. That's a joke. And then doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have kind of learned to trust myself more. I'm presuming that when you made the record, you alluded to the fact that you were supposed to be at Glastonbury this weekend on the weekend that we're recording this, this conversation, um, that you probably had a whole year's worth of touring or six months worth of touring and festivals and gigs all lined up. And even though the music business has changed a lot, one of the things that still seems to, you know, be a part of how records are worked or promoted is you put an album out and you tour. How strange is it to be releasing a record right now and not being able to do that? It's so strange. Again, the fact that, ev that everybody on earth is going through it. It's, it's been comforting to me to just think of a person and, and then say, oh, they're going through quarantine too, no matter who. Like Margaret Atwood. I'm like, oh, she's having a quarantine experience. It's nice to comfort myself with everybody I know who's alive in the world. Is, is, having, is having a singular experience. So it's super wild, but there's so many musician friends I can commiserate with. Um, but yeah, like in two months, I'll probably be done with 
album press and have to come up with something else to do. And I don't know, maybe, maybe cool records will come out of this year, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, look, I, I mean, I know a few people as well who are just busily creating and, you know, trying not to judge what they're making in quarantine because, you know, people are trying new things, right? People are learning how to produce themselves, you know? Right. Um, uh, I have friends who work in the, you know, the, uh, the part of the industry that manufactures studio equipment and instruments and, you know, podcast equipment. And that stuff is, those sales are going through the roof because everybody is trying to adapt to figure out what they can create at home. So are you already demoing or are you already making new music? Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm trying. I, I, you know, green screens were on back order for like weeks at the beginning of quarantine. Have you been thinking about making your own videos? Well, we did. My brother has a green screen and he just started getting a bunch of calls of people asking to use it. Um, so, so yeah, just trying to make fun stuff. I've, I've done some interesting late night choices, like for James Corden, I sang in a car. Um, so, I so yeah, I, I, I heard about that. Yeah, I feel like I'm just trying to do like the low rent version of <laughs> being a musician. It sounded a lot of fun from what I heard. You know, we do the morning show here and my partner on the morning show, Jet, was telling me that she, she'd seen it and like you just walked out into your car on the phone and carried on the interview in, in the car, which I think is fantastic. Um, but yeah, you know, creating and trying to come up with new ways to keep ourselves busy, I guess. Um, so uh, the album's out. You're going to do things like this. Um, are you going to be doing any live performances? Have you figured out any, you know, I know a few people in a few venues now who are trying to figure out how to do live concerts, even though there'll be no audience there. But, you know, venues are hooking up multi-camera systems and upgrading everything. Have you thought about trying to do a concert anywhere? You know, I'm just going to let people make that mistake before me, I feel like. You know, I'm like, sports are going to mess it up. Um, the good thing about playing indie rock music is they're not, there's not, <laughs> people don't have millions of dollars to lose sure. or to gain. So um, I'm going to wait and steal people's ideas for whatever's working, but I'm so excited to play again. Yeah. Well, it's great having a minute to, to chat with you and catch up with you. And um, obviously the record's out. Punisher. And I'm going to listen to the rest of it soon, I hope. But it's great to, to talk with you. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. This is great. Thank you.